Today, we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, when we remember the day when the Holy Spirit was first poured out on the early church. And we celebrate that the Holy Spirit is still poured out today on us, God in us, filling us with his presence. Now, you might say, well, why is this such a big deal? Why is it so important to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, I want to highlight five things that the Spirit brings to our lives that makes all the difference. And each one begins with the letter P. So here are the five Ps that the Spirit brings and why it'll make a huge difference to your life and the outworking of God's purposes for you. The first P is the Spirit brings and affirms our personhood. The Holy Spirit confirms our identity as children of God. In Romans 8.15, Paul says that when you put your faith in Jesus, you received the spirit of adoption. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. And again, in Galatians 4.6, Paul writes that because you are sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you can know that you are a loved child of God, secure in your identity through the Holy Spirit in you. And this is the only rock solid identity you can have. It can't be shaken because you belong to God as his child. In 2 Corinthians 1, Paul says that God sets his seal of ownership on us and he puts his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Wow, this is good news. And it was even true of Jesus. You know, at Jesus's baptism, the voice of God, the Father in heaven, uh, confirms his identity. This is my son whom I love. And then the spirit descends and rests upon Jesus to confirm that, to set a seal, to put a deposit in him. And the same is now true of us. You can know exactly who you are, a son or daughter of the King of Kings, and you can have the family seal upon you by the Spirit. That's personhood. Secondly, the Spirit brings the presence of God. You know, our sin as humans, It's always meant that there was a barrier between us and God who is perfectly holy. And this barrier between us and God was symbolized, as it were, by the veil or the curtain in the temple in the Old Testament, which separated the Ark of the Covenant upon which the very presence of God rested and the people who came into the temple to worship God. And that barrier was because perfect purity and sin cannot mix. You can't have communion between those two. And during this pandemic, many people have known barriers in their life. In fact, the Swiss photographer Roland Schmidt has captured beautifully um, through his photography loved ones who have been separated at the borders between countries. Separation is always a a terrible thing. But the good news is that when Jesus died on the cross for us, he took our sin upon himself, 
thereby removing that barrier of sin between us and God. And it's why we're told, we read that at the very point at which Jesus died on the cross, that curtain, that veil in the temple spontaneously tore in two, showing that we could now know the very presence of God physically with us. The barrier of sin has gone. It's been removed. And this presence of God with us was fulfilled on that first day of Pentecost when the Spirit was poured out so that the presence of God is now in us. He's in you if you follow Jesus. And this is the fulfillment of the promises that we read throughout scripture. For example, God says in Joel 2.28, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Jesus said in John 16.7, I will send him, the spirit, to you. And in Matthew 28, 20, we read the very last words of Jesus before he ascended to heaven. He said to his followers, I am with you always, even until the very end of the age, meaning by his spirit. And these promises are fulfilled on that day of Pentecost and are still fulfilled today as he pours out his spirit on you and me. And the presence of God by his spirit means that God now pours his love into our hearts by the spirit whom he's given us. Romans 5, 5, the primary work of the Spirit is so that you can know and experience the perfect love of God for you, to fill your love tank, as it were. If you don't feel loved, if you don't feel lovable, then today you can let God fill your love tank with his Spirit because he loves you perfectly. And the Spirit then helps us in life. The New Testament word for the Spirit is the paraclete. It means the one who calls alongside and helps us when we're in trouble. In the 1992 Barcelona Olympics, uh, Derek Redmond was a British athlete who many thought would do well in the 400 meters. They thought he'd probably get a medal and he got to the semi-final. But then it was during the 400-meter semi-final race that disaster struck. His hamstring just tore like that, and he collapsed to the ground. It's so painful. But then in an act which sort of embodied the values of the Olympics, uh, Derek got to his feet and was determined to finish the race. He began hobbling around the track, but he couldn't do it on his own. It was just too bad an injury. But then out of the crowd, jumped this guy who sort of barged his way through the cameramen, came alongside Derek, put his arm around him and helped him hobble towards the finishing line. As officials came in, he just pushed them away and said, no, 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 we're gonna finish. You can do it, Derek. And he got Derek to the finishing line. That man, it turned out, was Derek Redmond's father. And likewise, your heavenly father, God himself, draws alongside you today by his spirit to help you through life to get to the finishing line. And the spirit doesn't just help us hobble along, he also begins to heal us. Jesus began his ministry by reading out from the scroll of Isaiah 61 in the synagogue. He said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted. If you feel your heart is broken, then today the Spirit will begin to heal you, 
to put it back together again, to mold your heart as one. You can receive healing by the Spirit today. So the Spirit brings personhood, presence. The third thing the Spirit brings is presence, gifts of the Spirit. The Spirit gives us spiritual gifts or abilities for the common good, to bless others. Now, I'm not going to say a lot about this now, but I really encourage you, if you've not watched them yet, go on our YouTube channel and watch the daily devotions that have been released all this past week, looking at the various gifts of the Spirit. And be expectant. Ask the God to ask God to release these gifts in you. And watch what he does in your life. And I can pray for that at the end of this talk for you as well to receive. So that's presence. Fourthly, the Spirit then helps develop our personality. The Spirit grows godly character in us, the character of Christ. And this is known as the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 lists nine fruit of the Spirit or nine godly character traits. It can be hard to remember, but here's a neat way you can remember them. Think of them like this. Love, joy, it's easy to remember that, right? Love, joy, P-P-G-G-K-F-C. That stands for peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, and control, self-control. So that's the way to remember it. Love, joy, P-P-G-G-K-F-C. Just think of Kentucky Fried Chicken and you'll remember it. And these fruit of the spirit aren't just so that we can become better people, so that we look good, but it's also meant to make us grow more like Christ and be able to bless others with who we are, not just what we do. So for example, in Ephesians 4 verse 3, Paul says, let your gentleness, kindness, love, and peace, which are all fruit of the Spirit, let, let them um, help you keep the unity of the Spirit with others. You know, maybe you're in a situation where there's a lot of arguing or division or people falling out. You can help bring unity through your character and that fruit of the Spirit in you. Receive the Spirit today and watch the fruit of godly character grow in you over time. And then the fifth P the Spirit brings, and I want to spend a bit longer on this, is it brings power in our lives to live well for Christ. Paul essentially says in Ephesians 1 that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead at the resurrection, now lives in you and me. That's amazing. And this enables us to live lives of significance and purpose and, and, and blessing. And throughout scripture, um, the spirit that brings this power is often spoken of as water. Water is essential to all life, even resurrection life. No water, no life. And throughout the Bible, Scripture uses water as a motif, as I said, for the Spirit. So in Psalm 46, verse 4, it says of the Spirit, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. And continuing that same image, at the end of the Bible, in Revelation 22, it talks of the river of life that flows from the throne of God through the heavenly city. 
And next to this river of life, the Spirit, is the tree of life whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. In John chapter four, Jesus said to the Samaritan woman at the well, he said, look, the water that I can give you will well up within you to eternal life, meaning his spirit. And then in John chapter seven, Jesus says something extraordinary during Sukkot, which was the Jewish festival known as the Feast of Tabernacles. During this festival, uh, on the last day, uh, a priest would fill a golden cup with water from the pool of Siloam. And then to the sound of trumpets and the cheering of the crowds, he would enter the temple and pour that water into a big bowl. And then the water would flow from the bowl through a tube to the base of the altar and flow out. Now, this act was to thank God for providing rain and, and water, but it was also a prophetic act, anticipating the outpouring of God's spirit, which they believed would happen when the long-awaited Messiah came. And at this point, when the water flowed out from the altar, it was also a, a depiction of the vision that Ezekiel had in Ezekiel 47 of water flowing out of the temple and then becoming a little stream, then a mighty river, and then a flood. And everywhere the water went, it brought life. Think about it. What a climax to the Feast of Tabernacles. And in John chapter 7, on the last day of the feast, at this point when the water is about to be poured out, Jesus stands up amongst the crowds and he says these amazing words. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And just to make sure we get the point, John then adds this line, by this he meant the spirit. Later in John's gospel, chapter 19, it describes how after Jesus had just gasped his last breath on the cross, a Roman soldier pierced his side with a spear and out of his side flowed both blood and water. The early church saw this as a symbol, that Jesus dying like the perfect sacrifice on the altar of the cross, out came the blood, showing that by his blood, we are cleansed of our sin. But then also came out the water, flowing as it were from the altar, showing that now that that barrier had been removed, finally, the Spirit of God could be poured out on all people, which it was on that day of Pentecost, which it is still to this day, fulfilling the long-awaited promise of Scripture. Just uh, recently, Sarah and I were out on a walk. Um, we're sort of in the middle of nowhere, and we were crossing this road. And to our complete surprise, there in the road, we saw a turtle. And this turtle was exhausted. It was struggling to move and it was sort of stuck there in the road. And we thought this thing's going to get run over pretty soon. So we picked it up and uh, decided to take it to a nearby 
lake. And I thought, is this turtle ever going to survive? But as I put it into the water, we watched, and to our amazement, the turtle stopped struggling and suddenly just swam away completely effortlessly and easily. And I thought, you know, we're a little like a turtle out of water when we're not filled with the Spirit. I mean, we can live, but it's a lot of effort and life just seems to exhaust us. So I want to encourage you right now to get into the river of God's Spirit today. It will make all the difference to your life. I'm going to pray just in a moment that ancient prayer, come Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you to pray as well, to, to ask the Lord to fill you again with the water of his spirit. And don't discount yourself. This is for you. That prophecy in Joel 2, uh, that on that day, God would pour out his spirit. It goes on and says it's for old people and young people. It's for men and it's for women. This is for everyone. And then in Acts chapter 2, when Peter finishes his sermon, preaching to the crowds after the Spirit's been poured out, he says, look, this promise of the Spirit, he says, it's for you, for your children, and for all who are far off. If you feel far off from God today, the good news is this promise is definitely for you. So receive it now. Why, why, wherever you are, if you can, why don't you just put out your hands as if to say, God, I want to receive this gift of your spirit right now and pray these words. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me with your spirit right now. And receive. 